Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of Love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, we come now to this great season of Lent, one of the most important seasons in the church year. Once more, we go back to the basics. I mean back to the fundamental disciplines and practices, the indispensable texts of the Scripture. When I was learning football many years ago, I was about 12 or 13, I went to a football camp and we had a very tough coach. And he was taking us through the basics, three-point stance, blocking, tackling, handoff, etc. And I remember he told us, he said, when the Chicago Bears gather for their preseason camp, they'll be doing exactly what we're doing. That really struck me. Think of the great Chicago Bears, professional football players. But when they came together for camp, they would do the same things. Learn again the three-point stance. Learn again the techniques of blocking and tackling. So we, beginners and advanced, saints and sinners, Every year, we come back to camp. Think of Lent as a time of preparation, where the fundamentals are once again rehearsed. I know I've spoken to you before about the great Blaise Pascal, who spoke of diversions. We spend most of our lives diverting ourselves from the great questions. Who is God? Who am I? What's the point of my life? Where am I going? Toward heaven or away from it? Those are the most fundamental questions. Ah, but they're so overwhelming. We prefer to divert ourselves with all kinds of games. What's Lent? A desert time. In the desert, there are no distractions. That's the whole point. Jesus spends 40 days at the prompting of the Spirit, mind you. So the Spirit of God prompts us to go into the desert for 40 days. Oh, I, I can't deal with these questions of who is God and who am I and what's the point of my life. Yes, you can. If you learn again how to fast. Yes, you can if you learn again how to pray. Yes, you can if you learn again to give alms. The great practices of Lent are meant to be a desert time where we strip away all that is diverting and extraneous and we look hard at these questions. Let's do it now with Jesus. After 40 days in the desert, He's visited by the devil. Don't be 
too afraid of this encounter. It's a very important moment in the spiritual life. Because, see, the devil will always try to divert you from the true path. The true path is focusing your desire on God. That your life is beginning and ending with God. Your life is all about God. God's what you desire above all things. That's the well-ordered life. The devil will try in a thousand ways to divert you from that. Proposing to you all kinds of alternatives. So, Christians, it's good to confront this temptation. How has the devil, and how does he even now, tempt me? Well, listen how he tempts Jesus. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God... Command this stone to turn into bread. He's starving, of course, isn't he? After 40 days. I mean, I'm starving after 40 minutes. Here's 40 days and 40 nights without eating. These little stones strewn on the desert floor in the Judean desert look a lot like loaves of bread. This must have played on his imagination. Turn them into bread. What's the first great temptation? To focus your life on material things and the satisfaction of sensual desire. Let me say it again. To focus your life on material things and on the satisfaction of sensual desire. Many, many people throughout history and to this day have been waylaid by this temptation. I think I've told you before that Thomas Merton said these bodily sensual desires, good in themselves, of course, desires for food and comfort, pleasure, sex, but they're like little kids because they are so insistent. They want what they want when they want it. Food, drink, pleasure, comfort, now, now, now. And like children... If they are indulged, they will soon run the whole house. That's Merton's point. The house in question here is the house of your soul. There are a lot of people who make the satisfaction of these desires elemental. That's what my life is about from beginning to end. Everything I do is subordinated to that end of finding pleasure. Ah, but when you do that, you shut down your life and you live in a very narrow space. Which is precisely why Jesus responds to Satan the way he does. Listen, Scripture has it, not by bread alone shall man live. Right. Bread is good. Food and sex and pleasure and comfort are good. But we don't live by them alone. When you allow them to dominate, then what? Love, loyalty, relationship, family, moral excellence, aesthetic pleasure, the aspiration after God, all of these high and fine things are eliminated or marginalized. How tragic 
when a life shrinks down to the contours of the pleasures that the body experiences, as good as those are, but how tragic when your life sinks down to that narrow compass. That's what the Lord's saying. Not by bread alone shall you live. How do you live? What's your central desire? But this is only the first temptation. Listen. The devil took him higher and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a single instant. Ah, we're now in a more rarefied space, in a more refined arena of temptation. Now he's tempting the Lord not with sensual pleasure, but with power. Power is one of the great motivating factors in all of human history. Alexander the Great, Caesar Augustus, Marcus Aurelius, Charlemagne, the Medicis, Charles V, Henry VIII, Leo the Fort, Louis XIV, Napoleon, Nixon, and Kissinger go up and down the ages. People whose lives are dominated by the desire to wield power. Just these grand figures? Oh, you know better than that. We're all tempted by it. Whatever little power we have, we like it. We wield it. There are people, you know, who are very ascetical. They've let go of sensual pleasure to a large degree in order to find power and to keep it. J.R.R. Tolkien told his great story, at the center of which is a tempting ring of power. The temptation that dominates that story is a temptation to wield power. Tolkien saw this at, at work in the 20th century. In all the moral outrages of that terrible century, he saw a lust for power. Notice too, please, the devil admits that he can give all these kingdoms because they all belong to him. That's a staggering observation, isn't it? What a judgment on the powers of the world. The devil, in one sense, has them all. Now, what's the price you pay if you make power the central determining element in your life? The price you pay is the worship of the devil, which is to say, the loss of your soul. You make sensual pleasure the center of your life, you narrow your life down to this very small compass. You make power the center of your life, you lose your soul. The spiritual life is all about surrendering to God's power. Allowing God to dominate you. When you make your domination of others paramount, you've lost your soul. In the language of this story, you worship the devil. What's your relationship to power? How central is it to you? Then we find the final temptation. This one toward glory. Listen. Then the devil led him to Jerusalem, set him on the parapet of the temple and said, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. No place in Jewish life was more central and important than the temple. 
economically, politically, culturally, religiously. It was the center of the society. Jesus has been placed at the parapet of the temple. This is code, friends. It's code for at the pinnacle of your society. The temptation here is not so much to power, though power can be part of it. Above all here, the temptation is to glory, honor, being seen and admired by everybody. Oh, for a lot of people, they don't care so much about sensual pleasure. They don't even care that much about power. What they care about is honor, being seen, being admired, being at the tip-top of the society where everybody watches you. Listen, even God. What does the devil say? He will bid his angels watch over you, and with their hands they'll support you, lest you stumble on a stone. You see what he's saying? Even the angels will watch you. Even God will watch out for you. Here is the ego inflated to an impossible degree. But Thomas Aquinas said glory is just the flag of virtue. That's all it is. It's a flag that says, hey, look at this. This is worth seeing. Look at this moral goodness. Imitate it. Nothing wrong with honor in itself. But when you seek glory for its own sake, what you're saying is, I'm eschewing the virtue and going for the flag. Well, that's a perversion of the soul because now virtue has been compromised in you. So the Lord says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And he dismisses this final temptation. Sensual pleasure, power, honor. Three of the biggest temptations we face. What's your relation to each one? That's a very good question to answer during these 40 days in the desert. And God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.